Yep, we're back, folks. We are back. Good morning, and welcome back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Delano Sapporo, founder and financial advisor at New Street Advisors Group. If you're listening and you hear me a little bit clear for the longtime listeners, it's because we've upgraded. We got ourselves a microphone so that you guys don't have to strain, don't have to put the volume up to a hundred percent. You should hopefully hear me a lot clear. I want to make sure we're doing the best job for you guys to really enjoy the podcast. Thank you for listening. I'm in a good mood. We had a great week. It was a really busy week. I welcomed in a lot of new clients into the fold. So I'm hoping that you're having a great week as well. Thursday morning. We're going to jump right into our market update. Market update for the week. We're up approximately 4%. The S&P is up approximately 4% right now before the, the, the bell opens, before the morning bell. And that's primarily driven by a report about retail sales heavily increasing, um, much more than expected, um, in May from the previous month. And that's just people, again, the sentiment of people getting back to work, getting back to normal life. Um, there was a big stock market jump on that news um, a couple days ago. Um, and we're sitting here, we got the print for initial jobless claims, uh, for initial claims for state unemployment benefits, um, adjusted 1.3 million for the week ended June 13. Um, that's down from 1.5 from the prior week. So um, it looks like there's less initial claim for unemployment and, and, and really hopefully a little bit more people going back to work. Um, which is a big thing, is, like, is what someone asked me about. Um, there was a question that I received um, in one of the um, lectures that I was running. This uh, a gentleman asked, should he go back to work? He was receiving, you know, the um, unemployment benefits was 600 bucks a week. Um, we're going to talk about that, what you should do in those situations. But it's important to note that the administration actually wants to take away that, um, you know, enhancement for the people that are receiving that extra COVID-related CARES Act, 600 bucks a week enhancement. So um, that is important to note. There was a report that came out that that is um, something that they're looking into um, taking away. Company updates. Let's jump into company updates. Hertz, Hertz, the company that declared bankruptcy and subsequently had um, a bunch of, you know, Robinhood traders and other, you know, traders jump into the stock and push the stock up. But they have they were going to use that wave of momentum to raise funds, to raise money, to shell, sell more shares and offer up more shares of their stock. Um, apparently, they announced, you know, yesterday that they're going to suspend that plan to offer up about $500 million in stock in a last-ditch effort to raise money. They're suspending the plan because Hertz, you know, it's, it, was, it was crazy. But you really, that's something that's unprecedented when you hear of a bankrupt company offering up shares. Usually, you know, if you look at the hierarchy and structure of a bankruptcy uh, payout, you know, equity holders are the, like the bottom. So, you know, for them to offer up shares in, the, in that situation is just highly you know, it's normally it's not the route that any company would take. And so they suspended this plan. I think, you know, I haven't looked at their stock, but I think things have, you know, the valuation has dipped um, considerably. So once they, you know, from when they had announced this plan. Um, so that's kind of an interesting thing to to watch out for. Yeah, the stir kind of went ballistic. It was it surged over 
1,400% to a high of, you know, more than $6 at some point in a couple of weeks ago uh, after the bankruptcy announcement, uh, because some, you know, amateur and, you know, investors saw, you know, the stock price dip and they just always, you know, a lot of them think that's just an opportunity to buy something. Not always the case. Um, yeah, that's why you should trade with a professional. You should invest long-term with a professional. Um, and if you're someone that's trading out there, go ahead and learn, but um, must must be aware of, you know, what you're doing, consequences, doing actual adequate research um, and understanding what you're actually doing. New Another company update, Twitter. Twitter announced that they're doing audio clips of tweets is a new feature um, available to a limited group of iOS users, which I'm not in that limited group, unfortunately. I don't know why, but, you know, they should let me in that group. Um, But they're allowing people to now use audio tweets and voice memo tweets, which is, you know, really cool. I think it's a good idea. I think Twitter usually does a good job of adding features to their platform uh, to keep people engaged. Um, I use Twitter a lot and just really just for news and obviously, you know, updating people on what's going on within the firm and what's, you know, going on um, in finance. But um, I think it's a cool feature. Um, I really do. Another company update, Netflix. Netflix has announced, well, Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix, and his wife, Patty Quillen, are donating $120 million to scholarships at historical black colleges and universities. I think that's an amazing donation, um, a great, you know, leadership. That's a great, um, he's a steward. That's a great um, way to, you know, step up to the plate. Um, and I've always said, if we're talking about streaming wars, I've always been a huge advocate and bull bull meaning a pro proponent of you know netflix and the way that they have content you know we're talking about the streaming wars which is you know netflix hbo um hulu what else do we got in there now disney plus is in the mix but i always said netflix has the best content and that's what they focus on i'm forgetting the name of their chief content officer now i think it's ted something but someone you know fact check me on that they're they're the best at getting content whether it's originally produced or they're buying or licensing Netflix does the best job at it. And so when you're thinking about the streaming wars, Netflix is always going to be, how it's going to break down is people are going to have one to two, maybe even three streaming services. Um, And Netflix is always, in my mind, going to be in the one or two, at least one, if not that for sure, one or two of top streaming services for people abroad, for people everywhere. And so Netflix is definitely a company that's going to always have that strong content. That's really all people care about when it comes to, you know, their streaming services. What's what's the best content? Where can I get the best shows, best movies? And Netflix has a huge edge in that because they put all their efforts into that. Questions of the week. Questions of the week as you hear a siren go by. Apologies. Questions of the week. Again, I was talk. I was hosting a event, another lecture um, for Freelancers Hub uh, yesterday, and I was received the question uh, from a, a gentleman who I believe was a waiter, and he asked, you know, should I get go back to work? I have a job, you know, and, and as you know, a waiter, and you know, I'm now, you know, presumably, I think he has more income now with state unemployment benefits and six hundred dollar a week um, Fed help. Um, and, but his job called him and said, hey, we might be reopening, so X, Y, Z, get ready. And he was like, hey, I don't know. Should I go back? I'm kind of you know comfortable with the situation as is right now. And that's something we have to think about. That's a hard question to ask. There's a few things you have to think about if you're in this situation. Um, one thing would be what is the time frame, which, again, understanding the time frame on 
when those benefits will go away. Uh, as far as the six hundred dollars, again, there's talking about the Fed is talking about erasing taking that away by July. Uh, as far as the unemployment benefits, I don't know how long those last, but you have to definitely understand that time frame. Secondly, how long do you want to have a gap in your resume? Um, that's something that you have to answer and offer up, I guess, answer to when you go apply for another job. So that's something you definitely want to um, be aware of uh, and have a full understanding of. Um, and, you know, those two, uh, those two things, I think, will be the biggest things in my mind when I'm thinking about that question and how to answer that. Um, so that was kind of what I offered up to him um, in respect to that. Next, uh, for us self-employed people out there, freelancers, contractors, business owners, are you eligible for the PPP loan? Yes, even people, the payroll protection program loan, um, a lot of people, forgivable loan, I should preface, a lot of people have, you know, wondered if they were eligible, if they're self-employed, if they, you know, work for on their own. Yes, you are eligible for that. Um, and actually, you should definitely look into that. Um, I would actually route towards Smaller lenders or fintech lenders, all the big institutions were bombarded with requests and subsequently couldn't handle all the requests. So um, the smaller lenders are the ones that have been doing a great job. Like there's Cabbage on deck, handling the requests, getting people the funds. And then the forgiveness portion, which is the other part of the loan, the forgiveness portion is going to be, it's the parameters are being laid out, um, but it is forgivable. If you use it to the intent that they displayed in the terms, this loan is 100% forgivable, um, and that's something that's still coming out, um, out of the pipeline. Um, so be aware of that. Um, finally, folks, we have a fun interview. So um, I was able to interview a business school colleague, Pure, um, who's, you know, really into, you know, personal finance, but that's his job is, um, you know, obviously different. Um, he was, you know, working... Um, with a company, Dormigo, that he explains it, that they got acquired. Um, and, you know, but he, you know, has a great story about how they grew the company. Um, he also talks about some things, you know, within the personal finance realm. He's kind of been a big reader on it since his teenage years. And so Aviv, um, the guest, talks about his personal finance journey um, and also what things he has coming up down the pipeline. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy that interview. Um, and finally, stay tapped in with me. If you're now following me on social, say hello, you know, send me a message. Um, I'm always open to talking to people. I have a lot more um, content and stuff that's going to be coming out. We have um, a lot of speaking events. I'm doing a live podcast with a, the good, an amazing person, Joy Valerie, this Thursday. This Thursday, um, we have a live podcast on her platform, Basic Brown Nerds. Um, really excited for that. Also speaking at a corporation Friday. So Nationwide Corporation doing a personal finance lecture. We're keeping it going. If you're Team New Street, we thank you. Keep listening. Keep sharing. A five-star rate review the podcast. And thank you again and hope you have a great week. We'll be, we'll be speaking soon. I appreciate your time. Well, everyone, we have another exciting interview. My business school classmate and colleague, Aviv, is joining us to talk a little bit about what he's been up to. Um, he has a great background with working at a company that got acquired. Um, he has some great personal finance uh, tips and strategies that you guys also hear about. So, Aviv, thank you for taking time uh, to speak with me. Of course, of course, Delano. Really happy to be here. Awesome. So we were just talking about it before we started recording, but you worked at a firm after business school, Dormigo, which 
you can explain exactly what they do and, and what you guys were doing over there. But talk about your experience with Domingo, what it was like. Uh, th- there was a buyout, so you can talk touch on that. But I'd love to hear more about your experience over there. Sure, sure. So uh, maybe let me give a little bit of background. So Domingo started out um, in 2016, 17 um, with my co-founder, Dan, and I. Um, and the, the main idea was to try to figure out how do companies understand what's the right rate to lease a living space, whether that's mm. an apartment, whether that's a hotel room or a vacation rental or you know, a room at a ski resort or whatever. Yeah. Uh, a place that you rent for a specific amount of time, a mm. night, a week, a month, a year, and how much should they charge? Because a lot of people just like us. So I'm living in downtown Chicago, mm. um, where's, where I stayed, you know, after, after business school. Um, and most of my friends, myself included, are renting places. Yeah, yeah. And you see, you know, two buildings right next to each other. One of them is completely vacant and yeah. the other one is completely full. Yeah. How does that happen? If they're like, <laughs> let's assume that they're identical for a second. They're, exactly. You know, both new, both from the you know, same renovation, whatever. How does that possible? And it's mostly comes down to price, like wrong pricing. You're too high, you're too yeah. low, you're mm. not maximizing you know, your potential. Um, and that was kind of the idea that you know, started us with Dermigo. And one of the things you and I got to talk before, um, and, and I'm happy to mention that here, was that it was very challenging to, you know, to sell this product mm-hmm. because who are you going to sell it to? Like mm-hmm. you're going to sell this to real estate private equity firms. You're going to sell it to REITs and, you know, the, the huge holding companies mm-hmm. that buy a lot of real estate. Um, and so every one of those deals takes a long time. And yeah. they're all very worried that, you know, I don't want to screw them over and they're going to lose money because they're working with me. Exactly. So what we ended up doing was we actually started, you know, slowly and carefully to... Um, to build out mini hotels across the country. Got it. Started out from, you know, a three apartment building in here in Chicago. Wow. Uh, and we saw that things are working and the technology is working. And so we added, you know, another five unit building and then another eight and another 10. And so we were able to grow to roughly a hundred units across the wow. country That's um, on around, you know, 12 to 15 buildings. Um, and you know rent them out um to people who are looking for you know a place to stay yeah um, and you know at that time actually check that the technology is working and you know do iterations and make sure you know we're fixing all of the problems and you know growing um, yes and and then you mentioned you know you worked on the the idea of the product you built it out you scaled it it was a good test drive to make sure like you said it was working the technology was working your thesis uh, was tested and it, and it made sense and it worked. And then obviously what happened after that, talk me through what was the next step um, after you scaled and kind of, you know, saw that it was working. Yeah. So, so our idea was to continue scaling, you know, forever, um, um, add more units and in parallel kind of split the business side of the company um, to, you know, one is the hospitality side of things yeah. and the other is, you know, the technology sales enterprise sales type of, uh, type of group. Exactly. Um, we actually never got to going through that split because we got acquired uh, in the end of mm. last year. Nice. Um, so that, thank you. So that kind of, you know, 
ruined the plans a little bit. Um, but um, I mean, the idea was, you know, now that we're able to generate profits off of the real estate, you know, that's one business that you can yeah. continue scaling. But, you know, to also go back to the original idea, which is like an enterprise, uh, um, you know, technology that helps, you know, the hotel brands or real estate investors to actually price correctly their assets. Yeah. That's so, impressive. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's very impressive indeed. And so, yeah, that brings us to the next point. Obviously, exit, exit strategy worked. You know, you guys did a great job of building something to get exit and get rewarded. Uh, you know, at, like compensated pricely, like you should guys get compensated for what the hard work that you put in. So which brings me to my next point about talking about, you know, experience with financial literacy. Uh, me and you've talked a little bit in, in DMs and Instagram, you shared some things um, and you obviously have a background in um, reading about personal financial literacy, probably implementing it for your own self. I guess yeah. what was your first experience when you like kind of had your aha moment, like, man, this stuff is stuff that I want to know about. So everybody probably has that moment because, you know, if, if you didn't right. get into school, which a lot of people say, hey, I didn't get this in school, they had a moment where they like dug in themselves. What was that moment for you? Right. Um, so that actually was 20 years ago. Uh, mm. I, was, I was 13. So I was very lucky to be born to parents who are super huge on saving money mm. um, and kind of living below your means. Yeah. Um, not, you know, not to the point of like the fire movement, but, <laughs> you know, still saving a lot and making sure that, you know, that they're, you know, not spending on things we don't need and things yeah. like that. So, you know, the education started really, really early. Um, but I think that probably around my bar mitzvah, um, okay. I actually got like my, my bar mitzvah gifts uh, to myself, uh, which wasn't a lot of money. It was probably like a thousand dollars or something. Oh, yeah. okay. um, but, you know, for a 13 year old uh, kid, it's, it's like a lot of money. Exactly. Um, and, you know, they were really, really hyped about not letting me spend it, mm. but by showing me like, you know, what's, uh, what's a savings account, um, which I didn't know back then. Um, mm. And what's a, um, you know, what's an investment account mm. um, and things like that. And it was actually then that I kind of figured out, oh, there's this, you know, thing. It's called the stock market. <laughs> buy shares of companies, even though you don't work there. Exactly. I'm a kid and I'm in middle school. Um, <laughs> But I, can but I can generate, you know, I can generate a cash flow from dividends and I can generate appreciation you know, mm. from the stocks going up. And so that kind of got me to a place where I said, okay, I want to, I want to start learning. What mm. do these companies do? Mm. What, like, what's their business? Um, I started reading, you know, financial reports. Mm. Yeah. Anything that I didn't understand, I went to like my parents or somebody that I knew, um, um, to ask a question and yeah. if they didn't know I asked them do they know somebody who could explain to me yeah. so just started you know going through because back then obviously internet was very very new and there were <laughs> forums that we have today or YouTube or podcasts and everything that we have today um, yeah. so I think it was it, it started off from mostly just me asking a lot of questions because you know this money thing that I've just you know I don't got from my bar mitzvah was just like, Oh my God, what is this? <laughs> how, what can I do with this? And how can I grow it? Um, and I think that's kind of how I started. And I was one, I was probably one of those a little bit irritating kids 
that just yeah. asks a lot of questions and then, <laughs> you know, ask a question on your answer. Yeah. Um, so I was actually able to learn a lot um, during that time. It was, it was a great, you know, great that. start for that. Yeah, that's, well, that's wonderful. Mine was a little bit after you. I was um, probably like 18, 19 when I was like, all right, I play football all my life. I love sports. But I saw another way to be kind of competitive and really use your strategy and your, your business, which was investing. You had like a stock market game in one of my classes in college. And I was like, oh, man, stuff is super interesting. So that's when I started like really digging more like you. It's like an endless thirst for the information. I was like doing documentaries, reading books, started watching CNBC. I remember my ex at the time was like, you like this stuff? Because I never cared about CNBC and like that. And she like, was like, wow. You think, I was watching it all the time. I just became like entrenched with it. So it's really cool that you started like, you know, really, really young, got to build that experience. The experience is huge. Experience is, 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 it could be a huge factor in some of this stuff. Um, so I think that's great that you started learning early. And, you know, you have a lot of experience when it comes to this. So I guess, is there a few tenets that you live by? Some, you know, tips or strategies that you're like, hey, this is the things that I stick to uh, or at least try to abide by when it comes to personal finance? Yeah, sure. So, um, so I, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not a fan of the FIRE movement. Me I mean, it's great. It, it's great for some people. And if you can live by it, like, good for you. Seriously. Yeah, and for people that don't know, FIRE movement is like uh, financial dependence retire early, which is like a movement for people to, essentially a lot of it is like live really frugally um, and, and not, you know, always, you know, be able to enjoy life, but it's really very frugally and to just kind of follow some tenets. I forgot what all the tenets are, but I know that's one yep. of the things. But yeah, I'd love to, i cut you off there, but I'd love to hear more about your tenets. I just want to make sure that people understood. Yeah, no, th th thank you for explaining. I didn't know if our <laughs> listeners know about that or not. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, even though I'm not that frugal, I very much believe in like living frugally, yeah. um, if that's even a word, um, but just living below your means. Um, yeah. And it doesn't matter, you know, what your means are, like you have to save money. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge believer in, um, you know, in an emergency fund yeah. for at least six months, yeah. not invested in anything, not in real estate, not in the stock market, not yeah. in CDs, like high yield interest savings account mm -hmm. um, where, you know, if I need something like the next day I have that, you know, uh, moved to over to my checking account and I could use it. You know, if I lose my job or if it takes me time to, you know, to find a new job after we graduated school or, mm. you know, whatever happens, a sickness or something, God forbid, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's definitely something that, you know, both my wife and I are pretty big on. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's interesting because a lot of folks I had a chance to work with, you know, both in my first startup before business school and also in Dormigo were like, on one hand, I'm, an, I'm like an entrepreneur. I work in startups, which is like a high risk environment. But on yeah. the other hand, I'm super risk averse. Yeah. Um, so I usually don't get into both in the business aspect and in like investing in finance and you know, personal finance. I never get into something that I don't understand. It. Yeah, fair so, good point. Super huge on if you want to get into you know, stocks, read about it. Yeah. Try to understand what you're talking about. Don't mm. invest in a company just because it sounds cool. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can, but that's a gamble. So if you want to gamble, go to the casino. Yeah. And, you know, it'll be, well, not now with Corona, but, yeah. um, um, you know, gambling is one thing. If you want to, you know, save money and grow your personal wealth and, you know, ensure that, you know, you'll have, you know, have a good time for the rest of your life, um, you kind of have to, do this very methodologically and kind of understand yeah. 
what you're doing. Exactly. So I read, you know, financial blogs and, you know, obviously CNBC and Wall Street Journal, et cetera, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, like almost every day. Oh, uh, right. I know I have my favorite YouTubers um, yeah. that I follow. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just always trying, you know, both in business and in investing, just to, just to learn things. Yeah. And if you don't know something, write about it in the forum. Ask your favorite influencer um, who talks about financial, you know, uh, personal finance. Ask yeah. Delato. Yeah. Um, that can help you guys understand some, you know, answer some questions. Um, and I think that's kind of where it starts. Like, yeah. if, if you're not literate about something, there's no way in hell you're going to be successful. Exactly. Uh, and you, so, yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah, you make a hundred, really got a lot of good points there. It's like, you know, understanding, starting from the base level. And I like the point where you said, if you don't understand it, you can't be invested in it. So, like you said, if you don't understand it, whether it's, you know, a lot of people bring up like, crypto, which again, you have to like, you know, that's again, that's thinking that we're going to see what, what becomes of it in the future. But again, if you haven't read the white paper or really understand it fully, I wouldn't be putting a bunch, pushing a bunch of my chips to the table when it comes to that. I try to see, so that's just an example of lately, make sure you only invest in stuff that you like understand uh, or you're working with a professional that's doing the research and investing for you, obviously, uh, like I do for my clients. So that's a very, very 100% good point. Um, that you you just mentioned. Well, that kind of ties into you know the tips for just starting out, which is you know I guess researching. But is there any other tips for people that are just like, all right, I'm just getting into this movement of you know taking control of my financial life? Um, is there any other wisdom you can impart on people that are doing those things? Uh, yeah, I mean, so I mean, first of all, let me reiterate the previous point of like an emergency fund, yeah. especially nowadays with coronavirus and you know, a lot of people losing their jobs or being furloughed, which is like super tough. And it's not something any one of us, you know, could have foreseen. Mm -hmm. Make sure, you know, it doesn't matter if you save, you know, $1, $10, mm -hmm. $50, as much as you can. Mm -hmm. But kind of my, my first recommendation to any one of like my friends or acquaintances, if they ask me a question, like, Let's start with that. Do you have an emergency fund? Yeah. And if you don't, like start okay. working on that. Mm -hmm. Don't invest in anything. Don't get into, you know, <laughs> all of the forex and options <laughs> and so and all of the things that are, you know, either require, you know, super skills, like yeah. really skills, or are just a gamble. Just um, luck, start yeah. with the savings. Like yeah. if you can't pay rent or if you don't have, you know, money to put food on your table, like that's number one for me. Mm -hmm. Um, um after that, um, I would say like once you saved, I don't know, six to 12 months of, you know, of an emergency fund and each person, you know, to each his own, how much, you know, yeah, they want to take a risk versus how much they want to save, then start, you know, getting into investments. Mm -hmm. That could be, you know, that could be uh, like my personal preference is ETFs, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. broad ETF funds, um, and uh, um, just making sure that, you know, you're diversified, super mm -hmm. low fees, you know, if you don't understand which ones to, you know, which ones to invest in, again, research it yourself or ask a professional to help you with it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and start saving for, you know, for, for real estate. Yeah. One of the, one of the best, uh, um, you know, assets, at least in the United States to invest mm -hmm. in, probably even over the world, um, is real estate. Mm -hmm. Now, sure, some of them are more volatile, some of them are less, some are mm -hmm. more expensive and some are less, but kind of try to understand how can you, 
how can you ensure that you're not going to pay rent for the rest of your life? Mm. Um, and the one thing that I really like about real estate um, is that, especially if you're, you know, if you're an investor and I really like, you know, house hacking, if you're super young, mm. you're not married, um, you can have roommates. Um, I'm married, so I'm not mm-hmm. going to have roommates. Um, <laughs> but if you can, you know, uh, uh, buy, depending on where you live, but, you know, buy a duplex or a triplex with a mortgage, yeah. have other people rent it and pay your mortgage for you. Exactly. Um, obviously, you know, due diligence the heck out of the deal. Exactly. Make sure that you're not losing money. But just that fact of, you know, in real estate, people pay, you know, for your assets, basically. Yeah, yeah. You put the down payment, but others can help you, you know, remove that mortgage through time, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that fascinating. And I really, you know, that, that's definitely one of my passions. And I'm definitely going to get into that at some point. Yeah, it sounds like you're passionate about it. Real estate, makes sense. Great way, like you mentioned. If you have a place, rent it out, be able to cash flow um, your rent, or your cash flow mortgage, even have a little bit more to put in your pocket. Um, that's a great way for building wealth. I love the different strategies. Big thing you mentioned diversification. You need your stock market nest egg. You need your real estate portfolio. There's other ways you can do a start a business. There's different ways um, to create that diverse, um, diverse set of you know income flow and, and really give yourself uh, ability to be to, to sustain any shocks. But trying to get started first with an emergency fund, then you really start to dip into the other areas, uh, which I'd love. Um, that's wonderful. What uh, what else is going on with you? Where can people find you? You have great stuff. Uh, what's up next for you? Where can people find you if they want to tap into what you're doing? Any other cool things that you have planned uh, for you and your wife or anything in general? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm currently, you know, throwing some ideas in the air and trying mm-hmm. to figure out what's, what's going to be my kind of my next business. Of course. Um, um, obviously, we haven't talked about this, but you mentioned it like opening a business is definitely something that people can get started off of. Yeah. If they have that passion to starting a business and mm-hmm. also have, you know, the, the emotional capacity to kind of go through the turmoil. Exactly. Um, but definitely thinking of kind of what's going to be next. Um, hopefully in the next few weeks, I'll be able to announce that. For sure. Um, but yeah, if people want to ask questions, feel free to reach out to me over LinkedIn. I'm adding everybody and anybody who, you know, send me a request and I'm happy to help anybody on the entrepreneurship side or the tech side or just business in general, you know, um, and things like that. Um, and yeah. I love that. Thank you, Aviv. This has been a really insightful interview, man. I really appreciate your time. We're going to stay connected, but uh, again, thank you for your time and really appreciate you. Yeah, of course. Happy to help.